Katie. <laughs> All right, let's get into this word. Uh, we, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about content God. But also before I do that, um, Wednesday, Lewis did a great job. Uh, we was out of town. Um, Lewis taught our mask off, you know. Um, so he did a, uh, I think I got through half of his message, you know. So I'll be trying to get these messages when I get a chance. But what I heard was really good, you know, just... Uh, you know how we spend so much time, uh, this culture has us putting masks on. <laughs> and we can get comfortable with masks on, but we can't have masks on with God. We have to have masks off. Just let you know, Lou, I know you're watching that. I, I have gotten into it. So, uh, but he always does a good job. Minister Lamar did a good job the week before that. Um, so, uh, you guys, y'all going to hear from Ed here soon. You know, so... <laughs> Yeah, so uh, if something happened this week, you know, it was next up. <laughs> right, so we got some good, great gifts here, man. So, so it's, you know, we had an opportunity to get away for a change. Yeah. All right, so thank you, Lou, again. Why you ain't here? <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Y'all know I'm working on this, this new glasses thing. I left them home. So, I just, yeah, so I went to work out, and I, can't, I can't, can't roll with the glasses and my headphones and everything on and work out. So, I work out on Sunday mornings, and I be forgetting the glasses. So, I get it together, right, James, eventually. I have to get an extra set to have here, right? <laughs> All right, so we'll do the reading glasses today. Let's go to Genesis 22. And interesting enough, uh, Guy Talk on Saturday, uh, uh, Chris Flegler, his friend of Lewis's, he did Guy Talk. Um, I think the topic was God Sees Me. I think that was his topic was God Sees Me. Uh, Chris, Chris is a great guy. Uh, he's chaplain for uh, UNC Charlotte basketball team and actually is uh, a basketball coach himself. But um, as he was sharing yesterday, I pulled this particular uh, part of what I'm talking about from Chris. I wanted to make sure Chris got his props. So Genesis 22. Man, God has something special in store for us if we get this. Hopefully we'll get this. And the good thing about what we're learning in these last couple weeks, uh, none of us does not need it. We all need it at every level, right? So it keeps us all humble, right? Is that right, Mr. Lamar? No, it keeps me humble. All right, so verse 13. We'll start here, verse 13. I could unpackage Genesis 22, the whole thing, but that would take us all day. Let's just do first, verse 13. It says, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and, be, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by, by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And remember, uh, Chris was talking about how uh, uh, yesterday, how, you know, you know the backdrop. Abraham waited all this time for a son. He gets the son, gets exactly what he was believing and dreaming for. And God says, okay, I'll take that back. You know, so he's like, he's so, so in this particular case, he actually didn't flinch because he had learned some things. So he was willing to sacrifice 
all that he had really been believing for for a long time. So you know how, so I was believing for my wife for a long time, but I had to, I had to be willing to give, give her to God. Like I couldn't control the outcome, right? I just let that sit in here for a little while. Our children and, and our businesses and things like that. But anyway, you know, so that's the backdrop of the story. He, he goes to sacrifice his son, and then you see there was a ram. In verse 14, Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh, <laughs> uh, which means the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. That's the Amplified says the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. What shall be seen? <laughs> the Lord will provide. Right? And, uh, <laughs> uh, and so, so something that Chris brought out yesterday I thought was big. He was like, so Abraham was focused on the dream, and he thought when he got to the dream, that's where he would be fulfilled. But it wasn't the dream that was the fulfilling part. It was the person that provided for him. It was God. It was the source, right? So he made this comment. He says, we don't need the dream to complete us if we're in God. We don't need the dream to complete us if we're in God. Right? We don't need the business to complete us. We don't need the relationship to complete us if we're in God. Right? So we can actually pour more out of our cup is running over in God, right? As opposed to, you know, being greedy, needy, and desperate, right? All right, so verse 15, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, by myself I have sworn, uh-oh, uh-oh, by myself I have sworn, said the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and has not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou has obeyed my voice. All right, so... so, so that's, that's one entry. Let's go to 1 Kings 3. So how Abraham processed that thing, he ended up being blessed beyond measure, right? We can determine that. 1 Kings 3, this, is, uh, this, this passage here changed my life and opened me up to really growing up uh, when I first read this. So 1 Kings 3... Uh, Let's start at verse 3. I know I have the people online and looking at 1 through 12, but we'll start at verse 3. It says, And Solomon loved the Lord, walking in, his stat- walking in the statutes of David his father. Only he sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. And a thousand burnt offerings did Solomon offer upon the altar. And in Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and, and God said, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David my father great mercy, according as he has walked before thee in truth, in righteousness, in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness. Thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord, my God, Thou hast made thy servant king instead 
of David, my father, you know, at the, the next level, the person that replaces the father. He says, and I am but a little child. He was 20. Uh, I know not how to go out or to come in. So, so there's, a, there's a position of humility here, right? And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. He says, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord and Solomon, that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, because thou asked this thing and has not asked for thyself, key word for thyself, long life, neither has Asked riches for thyself, nor has asked the life of thine enemies, but thou hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And if you keep on going, he, he said, uh, I'm going to give you riches no one's had. But the long life he attached a condition to, as long as you stay in harmony with my commandments. So here you have Abraham and Solomon. So Solomon, based on what we talked about, is he was content in God. He ended up being blessed with what he didn't ask for. So I'm just going to, you place me as a king to, to serve these people. Give me what it takes for me to serve them right. I'm not thinking about me. My contentment is in your design and your purpose. Abraham, hey, you want my son? My contentment is in you. Like, so if you want the son, I'm sure you got to, you know, hey, hey, you love me. I know your plan's better than mine. <laughs> By now, I don't, you know, I don't made my mistakes, right? All right, so let's, let's, that's our second entry here. Let's, do, let's go to our third entry, and that would be Matthew 16. just want to set the groundwork for us talking about being content in God today. All right, so Matthew 16, verses 23 through 26. And this is after Jesus let the disciples know, well, you know, it's been cool. You know, uh, I've loved all this, but I have a bigger purpose, and that's going to be to die for you guys. <laughs> right, so I'm not going to be here that long. And, and, you know, Peter, out of the flesh, uh, rebuked him, you know, like, are you kidding me? You can't just leave us. Verse 23, it says, but he turned and said unto Peter, right, get thee behind me, Satan, thou art an offense unto me, for thou savoreth not the things that be of God. You're not content in God. It says, but those that be of men. Then Jesus said unto the disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. It says, for whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Whosoever shall submerge their life in me, right? Be content in me. That's how you save your life, right? It's, it's verse 26. For what, what, is, what is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? All right, and that's, that's, that's our... Uh, our third offering to being content in God, and our fourth off offering to be content with God will be Philippians 2, verse 8. All right, just for the sake of time, I'll just, you know, it talks about, you know, 
when you start off the, you, the beginning of the chapter talks about uh, esteem others better than yourself. It says, look not man on, on their own things, on the things of others, verse 3 and 4. You get to verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you was also in Christ Jesus, right? But then you got, get down to verse 6, six it talks about he didn't count a robber to be equal to God. It says he was obedient unto death. He was, so he was content in God. And his contentment facilitated him being obedient because he didn't need, he wasn't thirsty for anything else. I have what I need in God, so when God gives me an instruction, I can do that because I'm not worried about losing anything, right? I'm not worried about losing anything. Now, all this is verse 8 is before you get into work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You know, God is working in you to both the willing to do his good pleasure in verse 12 and 13. So, so I gave you four here uh, Four examples of contentment, right? So the first one was Abraham, who was the father of faith. So he learned uh, contentment through testing. He learned contentment through testing. Now, I think they got that displayed for you guys online. Uh, Solomon learned contentment through training. Solomon learned contentment through training. Right, so, so if you think about Abraham went through the test, Solomon went through the training, because Solomon was trained by his dad. So he was able to just ask for the wisdom because his dad had trained him in the word and he understood that he, all of his, his thirst was supposed to be in God already. So when he was asked a question, he's playing off the default of his training. Oh, no, I know better. My dad showed me how this thing works. You know, so, so, so he learned through his, his training. Um, and then you have, then I gave you Peter. Peter almost lost contentment through his tripping. So you have one learned through testing, one learned through training. Peter almost lost it through his tripping. See, remember, you, savor the, you don't savor the things that be of God. You savor the things that be of men. So you think you're going to lose something. You plan not to lose, you're not playing to win. So, 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 so you're, this, this showed you. I can, I can see Jesus going, hey, this showed you. This showed where you really are. You were rolling with me, but you weren't content in God. And remember as they were walking and, and going through things, they went by the fig tree that Jesus was supposed to eat at, and he cursed the fig tree. Remember, he cursed the fig tree, and then they come back by and they see the fig tree cursed. And they go, whoa, man, remember the tree that you cut? Ah. So they, they're tripping on a miracle. His first response was have faith in God. Like have faith in the source. Like, and then he said, you know, basically, <laughs> you can say to this mountain, be thou removed, be plucked up, be cast to the sea. You can say all this. You can have whatsoever's in your heart if you're content in God. I'm just content in God. He was trying to show them the value of contentment the whole time, right? You know, because Jesus, see, so, so you had one learned it through testing. That was Abraham. You had one learned it to, through uh, training. That was Solomon. One almost lost it through tripping. Jesus lived it through trusting. He lived in contentment through trusting, Right? So that's why I gave you those four examples. Let's go here to Philippians 1.6. Philippians 1.6. 
So we've talked about it over the last few weeks, you know, you know, whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content, right? We talked about that. Uh, Pastor Mel came up and she played the uh, let's make a deal game, you know, <laughs> where, you know, once she got God and she got the word, she was being offered all types of, and she's door number two and all this stuff. That, she was even offered door number two with a million dollar bonus. But she said, no, 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 no. Once I got God, I got everything I need. <laughs> I don't need what's behind board of door number two, 10, 15, 25. Matter of fact, I don't need none of, none of the considerations because I got God, right? Do we think like this? All right, so Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, Be confident in this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Is our confidence there? Uh, 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 let's uh, drop over here since we're in the area. Uh, uh, this is audible here, but. Uh, verse 13, for it is God, uh, Philippians 2, verse 13, I apologize. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do is good pleasure. All right, so, so God is, our confidence is, is God is, he's begun something, he's going to begin it. So what happens, sometimes I think the adversary tries to, remember we talked about what he tried with Eve. Eve, Eve, Adam and Eve was already rested in the presence of God, content in the presence of God, and he tried to offer her a bribe to get out of the presence of God. Once she left the presence of God, she got thirsty, and then he offered what it would take for her to drink. Nothing that was going to quench her thirst, but something that would taste good in the moment, right, but create more thirst, right? That's what we deal with. When we've gotten out of the presence of God, you know, we stay thirsty or we stay greedy. Um, that's where you see uh, what we call envious and jealousy. You know, that's you know, when you see somebody happy and you hating. Or if you see somebody confident and, and your first thought that crosses your mind is they think they're all that. Now, how are they supposed to think? If, just help me out. How, the scripture says don't think more highly than they are. But if God is using that individual, what, how are they supposed to think? Are they supposed to look? Because people like that are so happy to be around people that are sad, frustrated, and less than. Long as that person is, is dependent or needing them, they're happy. But if the person is, 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 is fulfilled in God, why, where's the envy and the jealousy coming from? Well, it's not coming from them. It's coming from the fact that they've allowed Satan to pull them out of the presence of God, and now they're thirsty again. They're greedy again. Envy and jealousy doesn't come from God. It comes from lack of contentment in God. Amen. That's where it comes from. It's an attribute. Greed is lack of contentment in God. Hoarding is lack of contentment in God because you think you're going to lose something. I'm going to hold on to everything I got now because you never know. Just in case something happens, I'm protected. So we shift from trusting God to open the windows of heaven, pour out blessing. He doesn't have room enough to receive. Two, well, I better hold on to what little I have and you're going to keep having that little. You'll be like that dude with the barn you know, stacking up seed in the barn. Seed that's not sown has no value. Right. <laughs> it's just seed. <laughs> right? It's just seed. Right? All right, so, so when you get to this place of contentment, you're sold out as Pastor Mel. See, once she got, the, you know, we used to, once she got that Bible, I was trying to give her all types of uh, bribes and everything. She was sold out, could not be bored, bought, no longer taking offers. So, is that how we are in God? We got God. So, James, we got God, right? We got God, don't we? 
So, so what that means is what? We sold out, right? So we're not even considering an offer. Well, let me just hear what you got to say because you never know. So if, I, if, I, if I'm willing to hear what you got to say, I'm considering an offer. But if I got God and I'm content, what else do I have to listen to? Like, like I'm, I'm in my marriage. So, so we married by faith and we grew in love. So we went through, you know, our wars. We call them our wars, our battles. You know, uh, you know the first year and a half. And then you went from, when you get to a year and a half or two, then from two to five, it's now you got to apply this stuff. You know, so we learned each other. So we first was kind of merging to be a team. You know, because I'm from Jersey, she's from uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio, right? Then and once we got that down, now we're like learning, like, how do we apply this stuff where we can flow together and not trip? So it's uncomfortable. It seems hopeless. Because you figure, where's all the fumes and the butterflies when we got together? Well, that's, that's, that's coming to this, right? The butterflies is what drew us in. Now we got to put in the work to become one, right? I don't know why I slipped that in. Somebody needed to hear that. Just a little, little, little slip. But I know what my point was. This is the thing. God, ooh, ooh, God told me that was my wife. So whatever was happening, I went with what, see, 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 I was sober when God told me. I wasn't in lust. I wasn't in smoking, drinking. I was sitting in the church. Uh, I get a church to props. It's Faith Ministries in Columbus, Ohio. I was sitting in the church. It was at Northland High School. And I said, who was that? Because, you know, y'all, y'all know the testimony. We was praying and a shock went through my arm. I was like, who's that? And, and so when I went to sit down, I saw, I said, like, where did she come from? And I said, God, like, who is that? And where did she come from? Did you drop her out the ceiling? He said, that's your wife. Who said it? So once God said, that's my wife, I didn't care about the circumstances. I was content in what God said, his promise. That's what Abraham did. Abraham, God told him something. So regardless of the circumstances, I know what God told me. Even when he asked for a son, God told me there's going to be a nation. So God must going to give me another son or, or 10 more sons in replacing this one. But I'm just going to keep on rolling Regardless of the circumstances, because God told me something. You can't be changing that stuff up when you're in lust, because you cloud it. That ain't no God told you, that's the devil told you. That's right, that's right. That's so good, so good. Amen. So anyway, <laughs> back to what I was saying. So God told me that was my wife. Right, I'm sold out now. I'm not even considering offers. Right, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not considering offers, smiles, gestures, hustle, and manipulation, because that's my wife. Yeah, okay, y'all might not know this, but some of y'all know because we transparent. Y'all know we've had some arguments, right? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, like you was there, man. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah. But you was relating, right? You was relating. All right, so y'all know we had some arguments. So while we have an argument, you know the adversary tried to maybe have somebody smile or something like that. No, I'm not taking offers. The argument doesn't justify t- uh, whether I'm sold out or not. Right, right, right. Oh, Jesus. The, if she spent the money without telling me and then it costs craziness, that doesn't change if I'm considering offers or not. Come on now, come on, come on. 
broke my heart, hurt my feelings on that statement, that doesn't change if I'm accepting offers or not. Because if that was the case, we don't have a God. You ain't hear what I said. If it's based on the circumstances, we ain't got no God. Because we did a whole lot of things with God. Go, oh, no, I, oh, I know I said I was going to be, be there and not forsake you, but you done lost your mind. I can't roll with you no more. How come God ain't doing that? Because that's called agape love. Didn't you mention that when you were talking? Right? It's a whole nother, it's unconditional. So that means you're going to be in some conditions where you have to use agape love. If the, if the conditions were always favorable, when would you need agape love? All right, y'all. All right. See, I see how y'all acting today. All right, let's go to Hebrews 3. So, so I said, I, I used that to example. Once I connected to my wife, I was sold out. Once God told us to come to Charlotte, ooh, ah, God said go to Charlotte. Hey, I, I know my cousin Karen was here, but Karen to tell you, and some of y'all already know, Karen joined the church to two years later. So it was just me and her with $1,625. That wasn't the plan after 18 years of being somewhere else. But God said go to Charlotte. So once God said it, we sold out. We ain't taking offers. You know we got offers, right? You know, hey, you could do this and you can do that. What have you lost? One person said, have you, they was, they thought was, have you lost your mind? Why would you put yourself in that position? You have so many people here that know you and love you. Because God said it. After that, I'm not taking no offers. I'm sold out. So God has told me and Pastor Mel that we're supposed to serve all y'all. So regardless of how you act, we're sold out. We're not taking no other offers. Are you? Because that's what uh, Hope said no. Thanks, Hope. No matter what, we know, no matter how the church go, we're going to have hope. <laughs> Did y'all get that? We're going to have hope? <laughs> All right, Hebrews 13. Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews 13. See, that's the challenge, man. God's telling us stuff, man, and, and we let circumstances have us jumping all over the place, man. That there has not been a great fulfilling situation that hasn't had to go through the hurdles of things being crazy. I, I think about the Suttons and, you know, when I met them in the process that they were in, having been in a great place as a president of a school, and that shifts. And I love this guy. He had the, he's the same person. He's the same person from the first time I met him. He wasn't the president of school. He was over it. Everywhere, right? Like, but he was just like, oh, no, no, Pastor, we good. He wasn't like, so uh, you going to hook a brother up? He wasn't even thinking that. Yeah, I'd be calling you, yeah, what you need? Well, right now, we good, <laughs> right? So, so, so it, it was excruciating, right? But there was a connection that I saw he had. It was with God. Right? Y'all understand, don't y'all? Oh, yeah. 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 You understand? Like going all that time with closing no deal. Yeah. Right? It's excruciating, ain't it? <laughs> you know, and if you're the husband, you're like, what's she thinking? 
right? Like, like, so there's the pressure of the circumstances. Then it's like, oh, Lord, what's she thinking? You know, because we grunge, we, we can tolerate stuff that, you know, other people can't tolerate. But, but God, right? There has to be a contentment in God, right? To forge out that greatness. You know, Wednesday, we're talking about chiseled image. And you'll see how it all ties in. All right, so Hebrews 13, verse 5, we've talked about this. Uh, it says, let your conversation be without covetousness. I mean, you can put greed and all that in there, right? It says, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. Amplified says, let your character, your moral essence, your inner nature be free from the love of money, shun greed, be financially ethical, being content with what you have. For he has said, I will never under any circumstance desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. So, so I don't need to be getting a covetousness and hustle and, and, and be doing stuff that's not ethical. I don't need to do all that because I'm in content in God. And I should be appreciate what I have. I was talking to a young man. He's a boxer. And uh, we were talking uh, yesterday. And so he's, you know, he's going through a process because he's really great at what he does. So sometimes people kind of avoid you because they can lose their belt to you, you know. And so when I was, so he's gone through a process, because now you're going through the politics. You're already, you've crossed over to a tier, but now you got to go through the test, like Abraham, to get to that next level. So when he's talking, he said, man, you know what? Through this process, I'm good now, because I just thank God. He says, I'm actually, from when I first started this journey as a little kid, I have a lot of the things that I was believing for. Yes, I'm, I'm, I want to achieve this ultimate goal. I'm not saying I've given up on that. I'm, I'm ready. I'm prepared for when it comes. But in this process, I'm just thanking God. Like every other word was, thank God, thank God, thank God. I said, man, I'm so encouraged because that's the key. The key is where you are in contentment with God. And I said, you know, and I remember last week we were talking about that song uh, L.A. Mass Choir, uh, that's when you bless me. You know, I gave it up, that's when you bless me. I let it go, that's when you bless me. I did just what you said, right? Right, and so I was sharing that song with him, and I was like, oh, I said, oh, you, 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 you just set yourself up. Because now all your, your confidence is in God, not your hustle. You know, not, not, not your my business. You know, all, everything you're doing is in God. So, so now you, you set up for more than you thought you was getting. It's way beyond. It's always been way beyond what you saw, right? Amen. But God needed you to be content in him. Yeah, totally content. You know, you know, the first level of contentment in God is knowing you need to be, and you say it, right? That's you know, the stage where we say, yeah, I'm just content with God. But, but we're saying it because we... we, we <laughs> We're training ourselves. Mind, be content with God. But then you cross over to a level where you are. You're not just talking. It's not lip service. It's what you know. 
that's what sets you up for what's coming. Right? Right? Good, I'm glad you grabbed that. It's important that you grab what's yours. You know, even if it's in proximity, you have to snatch that thing, man. You can't just be like, I'll wait till it comes over here. I was working my son out this, or my grandson out this week, so he's throwing them post-up uh, uh, plays. So coach was throwing them lobs on purpose. He was like, man, sometimes you got to go get it. And the ball ain't coming to you all the time. He says, so sometimes you got to, you know. So I said, man, just throw it to him any old kind of way. You know, so to see if you're going to just sit there, it didn't come to me. Like the dude at the pool you always talk about, nobody let me in the pool. Sometimes you got to go get it. So if it's in proximity, you got to go get it. I know that wasn't in the notes, but yeah, that is the word. All right, so let's go to Matthew. We talked about resting in God. So let's go to Matthew. This contentment, Jamal, I think is a life changer for us. You know, we, if, if we get, as Marcus was saying earlier, the full revelation of it, I think it'll keep us out of any more crazy. Yeah, because yeah, you haven't worked this hard and gone through what you've gone through to experience any more crazy. Is that an amen? Yeah, he did like this. He's behind the camera, you know. And so the contentment in God is the advanced information to set us up for all the overflow. You see what I'm saying? God keeps giving us advanced information. See, see, so, so think about it, Will. Content in God changes the game, right? So now when you get it, when you got it, you ready. So it's not, it's, it's, so, so there's a level where you're ready because of what you know. There's a level you're ready because of what you show. There's a level that where you're ready because of what you endure. But there's a level that you're ready because you're resting in God. That's the last thing. Because you'd be, you'd be thinking, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, is there anything else? God done showed up and told us what was, what was missing. It wasn't the next promotion. It wasn't the next check. Right? It wasn't. It wasn't the next thing you fixed in somebody else's personality. It was contentment in God the whole time. All right, so, so Matthew 11, y'all know this scripture around here, but verse 28, it says, As come unto me all ye that, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek, remember, not self-seeking, and lowly of heart. That's humility, empty of self, right? It says, look, 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 look. So I'm, empty of, I'm empty of self and I'm not seeking self. I'm content in God. I'm not using none of my energy for me. I'm content in God. Present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, right? Amen. Right, so, so it, says, uh, it says, take my yoga for I'm being lonely of your heart. It says, you shall find rest, contentment in God unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's go over to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter uh, 4. Man, y'all need to, listen, y'all need to, not y'all need to. I take that back. I apologize. We need to. <laughs> we need to uh, uh, meditate on this and meditate on this and listen to uh, contentment 1, 2, 3, 4. Contentment 1. I guarantee you'll keep getting stuff in there that you'll be like, oh, my God, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, what have I been doing? 
It's been here all the time right in front of my face. So uh, uh, Hebrews 4, verse 1, it says, uh, let us therefore fear or reverent, be reverent, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of. It says, we don't want you to come short of contentment in God. It says, for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. All right? It says, for, for we which have believed or have faith do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it is first preached entereth not in because of what? Unbelief. Again, he limited, he limiteth a certain day saying in David, today after so long a time as it is said, today if ye will hear his voice, listen, today if you will hear his voice, if we will hear his voice, harden not your heart. See, because sometimes when the truth comes, we tighten up. No, let go. Let go. Look, look, it's saying, uh, Matthew says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden. I'll give you rest for your souls. Man, it is hard work trying to make sure nobody play you. It's hard work to, trying to make sure. Like, like uh, so I remember a family member called me one time and says, okay, I just want to know, can this work out for good? Because if, if it can, I'm going to hang in there. If it can't, I'm bailing out now and cut my losses now. But the whole time the process was, there's so much uncertainty. Can I trust this person? Will they be with me for the rest of my life? Will they take a bribe later? You know, we rolling together. Will they take a bribe later? If they, if they slip and take a bribe, will they repent and stay lockstep with me? I don't have no guarantee for that. And sometimes we work so hard to protect against that. Do you know some people leave relationships before the relationship is over? The person going to leave me, I'm going to leave them before they leave me. That's too much work. God said, hey, hey, you ain't got to go through that. Rest with me. I'll protect you. I'll feed you. I'll cover you. I'll provide for you. You ain't designed to protect yourself, cover yourself, feed yourself anyway. You're designed to rest in me and fulfill my will. Let me take care of all this stuff. We went through it the, uh, the first week. We went through Matthew 6. Take no thought. Don't worry is what that says. So we're sitting there <laughs> hustling. Let's move this over here. Do this over here. Man, God's like, man, relax. I can just see God. Relax. When we got together, if I could sum it up, I was like, babe, relax. I'm not those guys. This is Keith. Just relax. I don't even think like that. We, remember we just had some conversations. I was like, babe, I don't even think like that. I, 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 I wish I could say I'm, I'm mistakenly presented that, and maybe it came across that way, but I don't even think like that. That's not even in my DNA. I shared this with a pastor one time. I said, listen, I don't know what you're thinking. I said, but I don't know how not to serve. I've been serving all my life. I was raised with foster parents. I'm the go for it. Go for this, go for that. I've been serving 
since I can think. So I don't know how not to serve. So even as a pastor, every level of leadership is another level of service. I serve. I can't help it. It's my default. But just because it's my default doesn't mean people haven't been through situations where pastors don't serve. Right? It doesn't mean that people haven't, she hadn't been in relationships where people were not thinking about her, they were thinking about self. Right? But the reality is, it doesn't make a difference what I tell her. She has to rest in God. She says she has to be content in God. God said, let she could, let she didn't go to Newark, find me. You know, Pastor Mel is the most resourceful person in this church, right? She can find you. Don't think you can get missing. She'll find you wherever you're at. She'll find you. She'll find your tax records. She'll find if you, if you had any trial cases. If you have a court pending case, she will find that. If, 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 if you took out four loans, I guarantee you she'd be like, well, she took out a loan in 76. And she'd find all that. She will find you. Right? That, this, that, that's her design. She's very resourceful. But when I came into her life, God didn't want her to do all that. Like, relax. You can rest. Let me take care of that. If you stay in my presence, I'll fix them. Look, look. With all her, her, her ability to find, she, she, what she wanted the most, she didn't have to use no effort for. I came to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, my buddy back there, Lou, uh, who taught our mask off on Wednesday, you're from Newark. When you, when, when you were sitting around, running around the streets, did you dream of going to Columbus, Ohio when you got older? Did you hear anybody else talking about going to Columbus, Ohio? Was it like, oh, you going to Columbus, man? Columbus is a wonderful place. That's not my point. Don't, I know you guys from Columbus. Don't be getting all edgy. <laughs> you know, my point is I ended up in Columbus without her request, without her pressing. God did that. God set the members in the body as it pleases him. Look at what's going on in our lives. The most special, the, the, the special things. What do we have anything to do with? So what? Like we have all this evidence, Gerard. We ain't do nothing. But we keep thinking we need to do something. Getting in God's way. Be content in God. Rest, man. Enter into his rest. So contentment has friends and enemies, Right? So one of the friends of, of, of contentment, well, we'll say, uh, we'll put them as twins, faith and patience, right? So let's go to, over to chapter six, chapter six. We're going to revisit chapter six here in a second, but I just wanted to hit just this verse right now. So we'll hit verse 12, and then we'll, in a few minutes, we'll do 12 through 19. But 12, it says, uh, I'm in five. All right, where are we at? Okay, it says, that you be not slowful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And I heard Chris say yesterday when he was doing God talk, God's a promise, promise keeper. Chris Flegler, I had to give you your props. I did give you props earlier, but I thought I'd do it again, right? He's a promise keeper. That means you can be content in what he tells you. So when he told me that was my wife, that's all I needed. He told me to come to Charlotte, that's all I needed. Not because I'm sweet. I ain't sweet like that. It's God said it. 
Like, <laughs> there's a whole lot of people talking. There's a lot of noise. God started talking. Oh, oh, no, forget all that. This is what God said. How many times we had conversations? I said, well, babe, listen, I know this might not be comfortable, but this is what God said. I don't have a choice now. Once God said it, what, what, what do we say? Uh, we've had transparency conversations as he's evolving into what he's called and purpose to do. And, and I said, listen, if y'all start telling me God, you know, there's times when, when you had a premature thought, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't get specific. Um, but we, when we had the conversation, I said, listen, if you say God, if I had advice, I'm done. If you say, so, so don't be saying God unless it's God. Because if you say it's God, you ain't getting no more conversation from me. Even if I think it's foolish, I'll be like, hey, God takes the foolish things of the world and confound the wise. If you say that God tell you to do it, I'll just pray for you. <laughs> I mean, like, what do I say after that? But if you say, I, I think this might be God, but I'm going to need to spend some time. We can pray just so I can locate if this is really God or not. That's a different conversation. But you say, God told me. Oh, I'm done. I don't play around with what God says. And we shouldn't, right? So, of course, uh, that's Hebrews 6, 12, uh, through faith and patience. And I'm going to give you two scriptures, Hebrews 10, 36. It says, for you, have <clears throat> for you have need of patience after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Well, how can I complete the will of God, Ty? I'll have to be content in God. Knowing that I'm content, Ed, that... God said, I'm going to get the promise. All I got to do is do his will. I'm going to do his will, and I'm not going to flinch on it because I trust God. Why would I stop doing God's will? Because I'm not content, and I think, well, maybe God didn't say that, or maybe it's not going to work out for me. Well, let me hedge my bets and do these three, four things over here just in case. That lack of faith and that doubt is stopping us from getting what God has for us, right? You have need of patience after you've done the will of God completed, you receive the promise. You have to be content in that. Then the scripture says the next chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. It says he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. Have to know that he is. Be content in him and content in his reward. I say, I can rest because I know God loves me and his plan is always better than mine. I, so, 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 I, 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 we're going to go back to Hebrews 12, but before that, I want to give you this thought that I gave you uh, the first week uh, in reference to a soldier. It says, stay or by one spot. This is what the soldiers were trained to do. It says, to maintain territory that's been gained. In a military sense, the picture soldiers who were ordered to maintain their positions even in the face of fierce combat, to defiantly stick it out regardless of the pressure mounted against them. So, so regardless of what was coming at them, no, 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 we got to hold our ground. Like we can't, we, no, no, we can't, we can't flinch because we may give up a little ground and get overrun and it's going to affect all the people that we're, we're protecting. Guess what? We're soldiers in the kingdom. We can't be giving up ground. Especially when we're advanced to certain levels, we got we to gotta be steadfast. We got to stay locked in there. Lives are at stake, right? So uh, back to Hebrews 12, Hebrews 6, verse 12. I'm sorry. Um, so we're going to read 12 through 19. It says, 
that you be not slowful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. It says, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Right, and that was uh, uh, when we read over there, Genesis 22, verse 16. He says, I'm going to swear by myself, right? Uh, so what it? I swear by himself. Uh, verse 14, saying, surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had, look, patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men ver- verily, right, swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immu- immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and with which and which entereth into uh, that within, um, within the veil. So, so, so this is saying, through faith and patience, and he, he used the story of Abraham, which we talked about, Abraham giving up his son in, in uh, Genesis 22. He's saying, like, your hope is God said it, and he can't lie. I'm content in what God said, he can't lie. If I don't know what God says, I got his word. And if it's in his word, it's mine. <laughs> right? If it's in his word, it's mine. But see, we, it's amazing. We listen to everything. We read everything. Some of these people, I hear a lot of times people go, well, you know, I'm, not, I'm really not a reader. But I, be on Facebook all day. Be reading all types of stuff on Facebook. <laughs> Instead of having their face in a book. You know, well, no, I'm not really a reader, you know. You know, I just struggle. You might want to say it this way. I'm not really a, a, a Bible reader. But you a reader. No, I just don't have time to go to church and stuff like that. But you spend four hours in that fellowship. And three of the four hours, you're you're trying to find stuff to say. Right? And if if you're compromising, you got to drink to have confidence. Or smoke. Or or something even worse. So, So what I'm saying is like, if we step back and look, we're putting in the time is just not locked into God and his word. But we're, we're using the time. Even if it's that 45 minutes you're sitting on the bed thinking about 17 different things before you move. That's 45 minutes you could have actually locked into God's word. Right? I should have more amens because a, a lot of us are doing that. Right? And so, so, so here this, 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 this promise, this faith and patience. Scripture says we're, we're blessed with faithful Abraham in a... It talks about the blessings of Abraham should come upon the Gentiles. So everything that was spoken over Abraham is supposed to happen to us, right? Genesis 12, 1, it says, you know, uh, he told him to leave the place where he was at, go to a place I'll send you. He says, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless them to bless you and curse them to curse you. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed in Genesis 12, uh, 1 through 3. And then Genesis 17, let's go there real quick. Uh, Coach Chris referenced this yesterday also. 
Because we're talking about being content in God. And so, so, so remember, we started out with Abraham. We started out with uh, Solomon, uh, Peter, and Jesus, and the different examples of people, how they learn, either learned contentment, almost lost contentment, or like Jesus, or living in contentment, right? And so, so verse 1 here in Genesis 17. So remember, we just read in Genesis 12 how Abraham was promised blessing if he was obedient and got in place. It says, uh, when, Ab- when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect, complete in me, blameless, wholeheartedly, basically be content in me. He says, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and I will multiply thee exceedingly, as long as you're content, right? He says, and Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham, for the father of many nations I have made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful when I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed and after thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed right until thy seed after thee and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land whereunto thou art a stranger all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God and God said to Abraham thou shalt keep my covenant before thee I'm sorry thou shalt keep my covenant therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generation. So he's saying keep my covenant before you. he's saying being content in my covenant stay focused on my covenant I promise something Stay locked in on that. Don't worry about nothing else happening. What did I promise you? All you have to do is stay content in me, and it's a guarantee. I love you. My plan is better than yours. Exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. And so sometimes what we do is we accept a bribe. We get pulled out of contentment, and then we wonder why it's not exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. But it's not because God, God reneged on his promise we're not doing our end of the contract. Not, we're not content in God, right? So, so you notice the scripture said, you always hear the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so you mentioned that yesterday. Ms. Lamar mentioned that yesterday. And, and I just think it's amazing how God just kept his promise. Like he would be talking to Isaac and was like, well, the land that I promised you, you your, your forefathers. And then he's talking to Jacob, which eventually became Israel, the land that I promised. Yeah, they kept saying the things that I promised uh, because I promised that there would be a king. Remember Solomon said it. Well, you put a king in the stead of my, uh, David, my father, because God had promised it. Like all these years go by, we get clouded, get caught up in keeping up, but God is still true to what he told you. Nothing's changed for him. We think the circumstances have changed. Think nothing's changed. That's what Chris was talking about yesterday, right, Lou? He was like, you know, when he was little, his grandfather, or whatever, called him a coach. And, you know, he, he, he made some mistakes. He said he went to jail. He said, uh, dropped out of high school, had to get his GED, left his house, left his house. Oh, after his dad told him at 16, he left the house. And then everything started spiraling. And he ended up right back 
full circle, this is the year full circle for the church, right back what God had planned for him the whole time. And he couldn't have orchestrated how God put him in a position to coach. He couldn't have planned it if he tried. He didn't even know he was right. He took a job just serving. He took a job serving in a restaurant. Not at the arena, not uh, uh, I'm going to assist a team. He, matter of fact, he wouldn't even think about coaching. He had given up. I'm just going, hey, but I know I need to eat, so I'm going to get a job. The guy, it was people across the street. He was saying, he was saying there was a, uh, some kids across the street that would come out, and he would, one day they was fighting, he talked to them, and the people said, well, do you want to come and talk to some more of the, more of the kids? And then the guy that, that he was working at the restaurant said, man, you ever thought about being a coach? He was like, no, nah, why you ask that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said, I see you like working with kids, and I see you over there playing basketball. It came right back to him because God never stopped what he planned, what he spoke into his life. It never, it didn't change. We change. We flip and trip because we lose contentment in God. Right? The scripture says in Hebrews 12, it says, don't faint in your mind. It starts on the inside. It ain't the person, it's you. Right? It starts on the inside. You know, I, I, was, I was thinking about, uh, uh, I'm going to give you the, the scripture, but for the sake of time, we're not going to go there. But Genesis 25, 29 through 33. And that's the story of, uh, of uh, oh. hold on, give me a second. Esau, okay, yeah, Esau. So Esau gave up his birthright for some, some Quaker oats. <laughs> you know, like, see this, okay, you say to yourself, well, he was hungry. Soon as we get hungry, that's, that's, that's for us to demand God to fill us. But instead of him demanding God to fill us, he took a, he took a, yeah, he was just give me, give me whatever you give me, man, I'll give you my birthright. Like, you can't just be giving away what God has designed you for. Like, you can't give away your wings, can't nobody fly with your wings. Right? You see what I'm saying? He, he lost his contentment in God. He lost his contentment in God. Scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. Uh, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know. We move it. Stop. Be still. Take the cut. Right? That, you know, I told you that's a, 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 a circumcision scripture. So, so I was thinking through this, and I was thinking through, you know, as we move towards closing out, I was just thinking through, like, how does this stuff happen? And a lot of times we lean to our own understanding. Scripture says, lean not to your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him, he'll direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I was watching this uh, series. It was called, uh, I think it's called uh, Your Honor. Or Honor. I think it's Your Honor. I'm not sure. And so they made this, this guy made a comment. He said, his dad always told him to go deep, not wide. Told him to stand where you are and dig. And so when I thought about this, because I'm a, I'm a visual guy, I thought about you being in a position where you're under pressure and the temptation is to go wide. But what his dad was telling him, don't go wide, go deep. Right. Get more rooted. Right. Don't go deep. The scripture says, be steadfast, movable, always abound in the faith. Right. 
So, so 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 58, right? And, um, and so we used that scripture when we taught on unshakable. Remember, Remember we taught, taught on being unshakable? And so uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, we'll, we'll uh, close out there. I'm just going to read it for the sake of time. It says, therefore, my, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So he says, as long as you're content in God, your labor is not in vain. Amplified says this, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed. Being continually aware of your labor, even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. So if we thought like that and we were content in God, we would give ourselves to everything we're doing. We hold back because we think we need to keep some of ourselves for what? What are we holding back the the precious seed that you're supposed to give to reap a precious harvest. Remember, they went forth, it was Psalm 127, I think, or 126, they went forth crying and weeping and giving them precious seed, but they came back rejoicing. So we're missing out on the rejoicing because we ain't giving ourselves. I had to give myself to that woman. And I continually give myself to a woman because I found out I just keep getting blessed. <laughs> it's, it's the hookup, right? You know, I just, I, so, I, so I don't care whatever, whatever I can do to make it happen for her. I just trust God. I'm content that God will make it happen for me, right? I don't live in my marriage like I'm needy, like, you know, but I do live like I'm content in God. So, so, so the trip is, now I know I gave it up. That's when you blessed me. I let it go. That's when you blessed me. I know this sounds strange, especially for guys. Because we always be looking, okay, I'll give you this if you give me that. But see, see, we don't understand, especially guys. You're the visionary. You're the house fan. Your job, even down to our design, we're designed to give. But we're looking to receive because we've been in a nurtured society. So we're looking to receive from what we're supposed to be given to. That's like you're looking to receive from the ground and you ain't sowed no seed. You sow seed into the ground. So all of our natural exchanges, us giving. Our spiritual exchanges, us receiving. Because think about it. We sow a seed into the ground. That's natural. The ground is natural. But we receive a supernatural harvest. We know good and well that tree didn't come from inside the ground. And we don't have to get into that conversation again, do we? Right? It came from God. So we're trying to get from God, but we're pulling from the ground. <laughs> Content in God, man, you, 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 your cup would run over. Exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. What you're looking for, you'll find it in God. That's what, what you're looking for. You don't think you will, but you'll find it in God. You can't find it in no other resource. So we have to be rooted and grounded in God, right? That's the thing. We have to be content in God. So that's all for today. Let's stand to our feet.